0: Bhadraṁ karne-viśraniyāma-devāha Bhadraṁ stushtu Deva Hitayada Yuhu, vyashema devahita Vyashema-devahita-yadāyuhu Swastina-indro-vṛttha-śrāvāha Swastina-vpūṣa-viśvaveda Swastina-stār-kṣyō-arishtanemihī svastino brahaspatir dadatu om shanti shant, shanti shantihi om sahana vavatu sahanavhanaktu sahaviryam karavavahai tejasvinavadhitamastu ma vidvishavahai Om shantish shantish shantiri Shanti. Na karma na, na prajaya Na karma na prajaya Dhani na tyage naike
1: Dhani na
0: tyage naike Amritatwama na shuhu
1: Amritatwama
0: pareṇanākam pareṇanākam nihitam guhāyām nihitam guhāyām nidrājate nidrājate yadyatayō Vishanti, Yadyatayo Vishanti. Yeah. so this is the sanyasa mantra chanted now it is a custom to chant it, this one and the next one, whenever a Swami visits the house, like I said, greeting the Swami with a coconut. The coconut symbolizes the wholeness and also symbolizes that the person who is receiving it, their heart is full. That is what it symbolizes. And I suppose it is a practice, it is also nice for the sannyasi to hear to know what they have got into and to remember that. (laughs) It serves as a very good memory. And so we saw karma, praja and dhana. Karma means action and the results thereof. And uh, praja and dhana. Praja means progeny, dhanam, wealth. So these three things are not going to help. Help in what? Hmm? Moksha. Why? Because they symbolize the very three things that one is supposed to give up. To take to a life of renunciation for the sake of moksha. And what are those things? Loka-eshana, Loka-eshana. Loka Loka means (coughs) fields of experience. All various kinds of fields of experiences one gives up including heaven <coughs> Putraishana, putra means children, children. and <coughs> finally vittaisana the desire for wealth because all these are actually desires for security the one that is self standing does not depending this does not depend on security on any other thing other than oneself is called a sannyasi here, is called a yati, is called somebody who is, you know, who, who has either gained the knowledge or is well on their way to gaining the, this knowledge. And they symbolize the fourth value written in this Upanishad, given in the Upanishad. The first three were shraddha, Bhakti, and Dhyanam. The fourth one, Tyaga, renunciation. Um, so, A.K. means a few, a few people who dare to throw the conventions of the society aside and throw the folkloric wisdom. What is folkloric wisdom? Samsaric wisdom that you have to have a bank account, that you have to be good and be saved in order to go to heaven and that you have to have, you know, money you have to have children, you have to have all these karma phalas, two kinds of bank account, wealth bank account and karma phala bank account, all these things you have to keep putting it in. So these they flouted these folk wisdom conventions and these folk wisdom conventions are nothing but samsaric conventional wisdom. Yeah, that keeps one rolling around in the in the pain and the sorrow because you cannot amass security how much are you going to amass you know amass of it okay even if you amass a mass of security where is that going to lead you nowhere it's going to just make you feel more insecure so these people have seen that and therefore by tyaga alone they have gained immortality how to gain immortality by Tyaga? You know, how is what is the connection between renunciation, renouncing things, letting go of things and immortality? Because when you let go of depending on things, then you can focus on that which is uncreated, which is yourself, really. Because the more you have, the more you hold, the more you are distracted. It's a very interesting thing that to be free, to be really free, you have to start with things. If you look around, if you go to your house and if you look around your house, just see all the things that that you have and are not being used. Mark them. Things that are not being used at all, mark those first you know. And then if you are ready to do this, put them in boxes. I'm saying boxes, I'm being generous. Put them in boxes and then just put it in a spare room or under the cot or something. Don't look at it. And if you don't miss it for six months and if you don't even remember it, chances are you will not even remember it because only when you remember it, you can miss it. Correct? You won't even remember what you had. And the very things that you felt you could not part with. Out of sight, out of mind. So put it under a bed, put it under, you know, behind a screen, wherever it is. Don't look at it for six months. And in six months, if you have not thought of it, give it away. And then go back again, look around and see what you are using only occasionally do the same thing and then go back and do the same thing until actually what you need you have same thing with the house there are so many rooms you know there is a science called vastu what is that indian feng shui that is the word, yeah. Indian function called Vastu. In one of the primary principles, whether you build a temple or whether you build a house, you have only you plan only as many rooms as you will use, because unused rooms, you know, start to have bad Vastu. Bad, you know, it's bad to have unused rooms. So, only build a house as big as what you can, you know, happily occupy all the rooms. But usually, how is it, you know, everybody generally wants to have a big house. And then what, you know, all the rooms are gathering dust. And you are only in two places. In the room next to the kitchen where you hang out and the kitchen, and then at night, you sleep in the bedroom, that's all. It is generally how it happens. Then people are so particular, we need basement, we need the attic, we need this, we need that, we need to do this, we need to do that. Then you have to remodel what you have, because what you have didn't come out very well, so like this. And so, Tyaga here, you know, is of two kinds. One is a mental Tyaga, that no matter what you have, you are not moved by what you have. That's a difficult thing to do, the mental tyaga is difficult, correct? So the mental tyaga means you are not touched by what you have, you may have many things You may possess many things, but you don't own any of them. You know, you may have them because somebody gave them to you. You may have them because, you know, they just happened to come your way. You may have them because you purchased them a long time ago, before you you knew better. Then what? It is there. But what is your relationship to those things? That is what has to be the, the interrogation. That is what it has to be. What is your relationship with that thing? Can you mentally say goodbye to it? And of course the rule of the thumb is don't have anything that you cannot give away. Because so Then you can have anything because somebody comes and says oh this is so wonderful can I have it? if you are able to say yes you know have it if you are able to say no if you if you cannot say yes if only no comes don't buy that thing yeah don't have that thing give that away and so in the giving away is the freedom because otherwise i become a slave to the emotions i become a slave to the wants the desires connected with that because there's a lot of uh, desires connected with it, there's lot of emotions connected with it, there's a lot of distress connected with things and there's a lot of distress connected with people. In the name of love, we reproduce constantly various types of dysfunctionality. This is what it is and in the reproduction of this dysfunctionality is hidden a a wrong value and what is that wrong value? A false sense of ownership. This is my significant other, this is my spouse, my child, my house. So wherever the words me and mine come, there is trouble. So the Amritatvam, immortality, which means freedom from samsara, freedom from Thinking I am subject to death, thinking that I am subject to some kind of limitations, that is samsara. So freedom from that is moksha. Thinking that I am subject to all kinds of wrong things, this is samsara. And so the freedom from that is gained by having a a very... uh, Asanga, an uninvolved relationship with the object in the house and even with the people. Doesn't mean you don't care. There's a difference between caring and, you know, becoming dysfunctional. So I care alright, but I am not becoming dysfunctional. And so when I am able to do this for myself, then what happens is that I I learn to relate to things and people freely if I don't want anything out of them. Usually the freedom is disturbed because I want things from the objects and I have expectations from the people this is the wrong kind of a bondage. It's not a relationship, it's a bondage. Because those expectations, are they going to be met? Probably not. If they are met, they will be met for such a short time that they will go away immediately. So therefore, sannyasa here is both a lifestyle as well as an inner disposition of a tyagi, of a person who learns to be free Of the effect of the objects, free of the effect of the objects in their life, so that they can focus on the subject, which is themselves. This is how Amritatvam Anashire. In fact, this is true of all desires. When you give it up, you get it. This is the, unfortunately, this is the law. The Murphy's Law of Desire. What is Murphy's Law? If anything can go wrong, it will. <laughs> and what is the Murphy's Law of Desire? If anything you know you want, give it up. Yeah, it's 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 contradictory. So the thing that you want most badly, give that up. Give up that striving for it, and then it will come on your on its own. Oh, then what's the use? By that time, I won't want it. That's the whole idea. Then you can enjoy it freely when it comes because you don't want it anyway. It has come so you enjoy it because like this there are so many things in life which just come which you were never expecting so it's always a windfall and that is the life of a sannyasi. Oh, today there is food? Yippee. Oh, tomorrow no food? No problem. Business as usual. Third day. Today there is this? Oh, nice. Tomorrow not this, no problem. So, everything is a surprise. Everything is a good surprise because there are no expectations for their own self. They don't have expectations. Even to maintain the body, there is no expectation. So, if you go with expectations, then one is going to be a sad and mad being, you know if there is too much rajas first mad then sad if there is too much tamas first sad then mad <laughs> <laughs> so so therefore there is seems to be an inverse relationship between you know letting go and then a freedom that one discovers oneself and there seems to be another kind of a binding relationship between hoarding and then holding on to things and then feeling extremely sad. The more one has, the more one is spiritually impoverished, generally speaking, unless one has the language. So, na karmana na prajaya na tyagena eke amritatvam anashuhu. And how did they, what did they get? in the form of Amritatvam is given in the next line. Parena nakam nihitam guhayam. So they went beyond heaven, to the highest reaches of heaven. Kam means happiness. Akam tukham. Nakam again happiness. So they went to that happy place. (laughs) What is this happy place? It's not a place of disconnection a place of being totally with themselves and there is no going, this is just an expression. So they went to this place, Paredanakam, to the ultimate reaches of heaven. What is this ultimate reaches of heaven? Where is it? I want to go. Nihitam It's right in between the temples. It is where you recognize yourself, is where you recognize Brahman. Oh, it's the same place? Yeah. It's the same place where you recognize yourself is where you recognize the Jagat, is where you recognize Brahman. So they are all one and the same? Yes, you are Brahman, that is what it is. And so Nihitam, this this heavenly abode, which is an unending, limitless, here you can use the word eternal heaven because it is you, it is the truth of you, is located in the same place where you cognize yourself. And who is it that you are cognizing? The self that is free of pain and sorrow. The self that is whole, the self that is free. Limitless. And how did they recognise, these few people, the few sannyasis, how did they recognise this self? Vibrajate. Vibrajate svayam prakashate. Shines on its own. Everything shines. Everything shines. But you need help. The eyes shine. They fall on objects and bring them to light. But the eyes themselves need light to bring the objects to light. Mind shines. But again the mind needs to be blessed by Brahman to say, aha, I think I'm getting Vedanta. Without that, nothing happens. Senses shine. Somebody says, I can see, I can hear, I can, you know, smell, all the senses shine. Again, they are blessed by the mind, which is blessed by Ishvara, by Brahman, so they shine. Sun shines. Sun also shines, yes. In fact, you can say the eyes are dependent upon sun or a source of light, primarily sun. But what is that that even makes the sun an object? You. When you say this is the sun, the sun, you are the one who reveals the sun. The brightest object that we know, you know, on earth. You are the one who reveals the sun. This Purusha who is as who, who is even the the cause of the sun, it is said in the Taithiri Upanishad. This person who thought I'm an idiot is really the cause of the sun. How can I be the cause of the sun? Because you say sun is, sun doesn't say you are. You say, sun is, what is that light that is able to reveal the sun? That is vibhrajate desuayam jyotisham jyoti. That is the light of all lights, the light of your awareness, the light of consciousness, that, that very being which is self-evident which does not dependent uh, is not dependent on anything else to shine does not want does not beg for another consciousness so you can say i am the one who's making the sunshine i am the shine in the sun because my shine is making that shine is bringing that shine to light so my shine i shine and the sun shines after me Tameva bhantam anubhati sarvam tasya bhasa sarvam idam vibhati. This sounds familiar. What is this? Huh? Arati mantra. (laughs) Yeah. Tameva bhantam. When this self shining self, when it shines alone, only when it shines, anubhati sarvam, all other things can shine after the self. So, first is the self shining self which comes to light on its own and then after that all other things can shine. Tasya bhasa its light lights up the whole universe. Cat, mat, rat, hat, you know. From pot to thought it lightens up everything. This is the light of all lights. Vibhrajate prakashenabh you know? Radipyate. Very forcefully it shines without any help. It's the only source of light which makes the sun look like a dwarf, pun intended, you know, in astronomy they say blue dwarf, yellow dwarf, all these things. So those blue dwarfs and all we don't need. The sun itself becomes a dwarf in whose presence. And even if you think of those terms, you know, those smaller, the suns which are older, the stars which are really old and on their way out, they have mapped the lifespan of the stars. Because this whole universe, which is 13 billion years old, is right in front of us. So they have mapped out the aging stars, the new stars, you can see the whole universe. And then the aging stars are called yellow dwarf and then finally blue dwarf, red dwarf. There are all these when the light becomes dim and it's, it's because, you know, there is so much nuclear activity. The sun is burning itself out. That's why it has pots and it has flares. It's burning itself out. And so these stars also like the sun. They are burning themselves out. And there is a lot of, you know, and so after a few million years of burning themselves out, They become blue dwarfs, red dwarfs, yellow dwarfs, all these things. But nobody thinks, who is the one who is calling them blue dwarfs? The undwarfed light alone. Yeah. The consciousness which is in the form of the scientist here, the consciousness in in the form of the astronomer is calling this a blue dwarf, which is probably enough to fry, you know, fry so many universes still because even the blue dwarf is still pretty hot. But the thing is, here I can sit without even leaving this puny little earth. I can look at something several thousand light years away and say, oh, there it goes, this blue dwarf. That is the light of all lights that can name the various stages of rise and decline of all the heavenly bodies and which itself doesn't decline. That is why I can map the... I can map the universe based on a gradation of light because the light of all lights neither dims nor, you know, fluctuates nor is absent, you know, in between. No, it is a steady light not subject to any fluctuation. This changeless light can map all the changes. That is why it can map all the changes. Vibhrajate. And so, this light of all lights, the yatis, yatayaha, plural, you know, like harihi, hari, harayaha, yatihi, yati, yati yatayaha, these sadhus have entered vishanti. This is the light that they enter. Enter the light, will they they not get fried, you know, like entering a bug zapper? No, not like that. (laughs) It is their own light that they have entered. They have entered their own light. Meaning, they have embraced it, identified with it fully and understood the meaning of this light. For the regular person, they take this light for granted. They They don't even think about it. And the regular person... You know, constantly, you know, identifies with everything other than the light. Never says, I am the light of all lights. Oh, I just feel sad, oh, I am an idiot, oh, I am having so many problems, oh, my horoscope is acting out, oh, the neighbour is not nice to me, oh. This is the this is the lament. This is the non-yatis lament, and the lament is just you know how many lifetimes has this lament gone on? Many, 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 like you know, in India we have a one-string instrument. It is called ek Tara. Sometimes you use for Meera Bai uses that for bhajans, singing bhajans. It only plays one note. What is that? I'm sad. 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 I want. I want. I want. I want. I want. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Only and so the, the, every lifetime the tune may change but it's the same complaint in a different form. So, so, sir, it's not that for such people, in fact in the commentary it is said, vibrajate means, so this light shines only for the yatis and for the ignorant people this light doesn't shine. No, it is shining even for the ignorant people, they just don't recognize it. Even those who have self-ignorance, you know i want to read you that portion it's so wonderful in this commentary and it is just very well expressed It says ya yeah. mihitam pradiptam dhatra guhayam buddha vibhrajate visheshena svayam prakashatvena pradiptyate and then in brackets the commentator writes, so even for those people who do not have <laughs> do not have self-knowledge who are sunk in the you know, sunk in the uh, the pond of ignorance even for them it is shining but not knowing that they are looking for the shine in all that glitters outside thinking that That is the original glitter, whereas they are the original glitter, everything else is just Twitter, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) something to talk about in hundred characters or less. That's all it is. This is the original glitter, that which doesn't fluctuate, that which is self-shining. So it's not that the yatis are special and only for them this light is shining. This is not fair. Why should the sannyasis have a good life? You know what he's saying here is that the sannyasi is the one who is recognizing it, who's given their given up everything in order to recognize this. So for the other people also it is shining. It's not that it has stopped shining. For everyone, this shines. But the sannyasi here, the yati, the one who has made the yati also means of correct effort. You can make effort, you know. Ravana, who is Ravana? The uh, Rakshasa in the Ramayana. The Rakshasa in the Ramayana, correct. The baddie in the Mahabharata is Duryodhana and the baddie in the Ramayana is Ravana. He was also a great, uh, you know, he was into penance. He stood on a rock on one leg, the other leg, you know, folded like this. He stood on a rock, in vrikshasana, with the hands outstretched up, in the in what is called in yoga a tree pose. He stood like that for many many years, until Lord Shiva came. And then what did he want? World dominance. This is <laughs> this is what he wanted. This is why he stood on one leg. You see, so he also made effort. And he made so much effort that Lord Shiva Shiva's meditation was broken and appeared before him. The story goes. Because this fellow was still on one leg. And and then he came came down to earth and said, Yo Ravana, why are you shaking a leg? What happened? What is why are you on one leg? What is going on? He says, I want, I want all power. I want ten heads. I I don't want anybody to kill me this way, that way. I want your life force that I can take with me and this is what is going to make me dominate all over the world because wherever you go, you are worshipped. Like that, I want to be worshipped. Make your life force, your prana, I want into a linga, into a shiva linga. And so Shiva could not say no because it is his karma phala, you see. If you have your karma phala, Shiva cannot even deny it. If, you, if karma phala is coming to you, then Shiva also cannot say no because it's his own law. Ishvara cannot violate his own law. And so he said, okay, here is, you know, here is pranalinga, take it, linga. It is it is myself alone, take it. And, and he took it and he said, don't keep it anywhere down because it's so powerful. It will take root and all the power will go to that place. Don't keep it down. And Vishnu quickly called all the other devatas and had a conference. Said, Oh my god, how many times I have rescued this gullible Shiva from all these, you know, stupid devotees. <laughs> and Shiva is so innocent, he just grants them whatever they ask for. Whatever they want, he just keeps on giving. How many times to rescue him? Can't even just lie down in peace. You know, Vishnu likes to lie down. <laughs> and, uh, he's always lying down. So, you know, uh, the idea is he's not stressed, even though he has to run the universe. That's the idea. So then he says, okay, now again I have to take one avatar and go. So then he goes down in, in the form of a young, you know, Vedic student, a Brahmin boy who is studying in the Gurukula. And he goes... And he meets Ramana and he says, aren't you going to do the evening prayers? Evening prayer. The, you know, you have to do prayers three times a day at least. And so one of them is called Sandhya. All of them are called Sandhya. And one of them happens, you know, early morning, one of them around noon and the other one at the evening time. So aren't you going to do Sandhya? You know, the sun will go down now. You have to do before the sun goes down. You know, you should do this. And Ravana says, yeah, I have to, but uh, this, uh, you know, this linga. this is Shiva himself, this is Shiva's uh, life force. This is Atma linga. I cannot put it down. And the boy says, oh, is that so? I'll hold it, <laughs> looking very innocent. I'll hold it for you. Really? You look very naughty. No, I'm not naughty. See, I'm so innocent. <laughs> I'm so cute. I'm so small. I'll hold it, are you sure? Yes, don't go away to play with it. No, where are your friends? They're not here. I'm here by myself, I'm just taking a walk. And in fact, I'll also pray with you. So first you go, take a bath, here is a nice pond. I'll hold it for you. And then I'll also go take a bath and we'll pray together. And Ravana thought, yeah, it's so nice to pray with another person alone is so boring. I'll do sandhya with this boy also. Okay, and then he entered the water and you are supposed to take three. First you offer and then you you, you take three, you know, dips. First dip, the boy starts to complain. It's getting heavy. I'm a small boy. Come out soon. He says, wait, don't put it down. I'm coming. Just two more dips. The second dip, he says, the boy says, I'm putting it down. (laughs) And the third dip, he puts it down. It takes root there. And Ravana is like all those centuries of standing on one leg, all just rooted to the ground right here. And then he tries to pull this Shivalinga out from where it is, you know? And then it grows ears because he, of the force <laughs> of pulling. Yeah, And that temple is situated on the coastal Karnataka in a place called Gokarna. It's so beautiful. It looks like cow ears, the Linga. This is the hand of Ravana there. So, Ravana has to go back to, uh, to Sri Lanka with, with very sad face. You know, that sad face that you make with the downward lips and two dots. Yeah. And that is the story. And, and so, he also made effort, correct? Can you call him a yati? No. With a upayukta yatnaha yatihi. The one who makes correct effort at the correct time in the correct place and so these are the sadhus who have made the correct effort in the proper way in the proper time that is the yati and so what have these yatis done they have entered immortality so to speak meaning they have they have made they have become one with themselves they have become one with the endless shining self that has no limits and they know that it is uncreated And in knowing that it is uncreated, they are immortal. Because it is them. It is themselves alone. Next one. Vedanta vijnana sunishtitarthaha Vedanta vijnana sunishtitarthaha sunishtitarthaha. Sannyasa yoga Sannyasa yoga sattva aha Vinyatayashunthasaprahavar Te brahma lokeshu Te brahma lokeshu Para antakale Para antakale Paramrita parimuchyanti sarve Paramrita parimuchyanti sarve. Para sarve Yeah, so... How did they make the proper effort? This is given in the next next mantra. So, how come these people alone made the proper effort? Because they are described by the that first line is just one word. Vedanta vignana sunish Long compound. Vedantasya vijnanam, vedanta sya vedanta vignanam, vedanta vijnana, Vedanta vignane. Sunishchitarthaha, Yaha, Saha, Vedanta, Vignana, Sunishchitarthaha. So, Vedanta is the knowledge. Vedanta, Vignanam. Vedanta is the Vignana. Vedanta is the knowledge, or you can say the knowledge of Vedanta. Vedantanam, Vignanat, you can also take. And Sunishchitarthaha, that is another compound. This is a compound within a compound. So, sunishtita is another compound and uh, you know, tasvinneva sunishtita artha prayojanam te this is how it is described, that is just one this thing, that is one possible resolution of the compound or sunishtita idanim iti evam eti samyag avadharitah brahma lakshanah artha yaihi. Te Vedanta So two meanings are given in the Tikha and uh, Tikha means this commentary. The first meaning is that the ones who in for whom uh, there is no other use in anything except the knowledge of Vedanta. They have determined Sunisthitaha nicely determined and properly determined through inquiry that other than the knowledge of Vedanta, there is nothing else that can free them. Correct? Yeah, there is nothing else that can free. Everything binds, the knowledge of Vedanta alone frees, this they have determined. And then what? That is one meaning. Second meaning is that they have they have the knowledge of vedanta sunishchitarthaha means they have properly determined Samyak so by they have properly determined what have they determined they have determined that what vedanta has to offer they have determined they know what vedanta has to offer they are clear about it and this knowledge they are totally one with this knowledge And they have nothing else that, that is content, that is posing a contention or competing with this knowledge. They know that this is it. This is what is called Vedanta sunish, Vijnana Sunisthitarthaha. Both meanings are important to take here. In the first instance, because you see there are many kinds of sannyasa. There is chaka Sannyasa. There is Bahudaka Sannyasa. There is Vividisha Sannyasa. There is Vidvat Sanyasa. There is all different kinds of Sanyasas are there. Bahudaka means you stay near a place of water. And then uh, Hamsa and Paramahamsa, there is all these things are there. Hamsa means the sannyasi who carries a, a stick called Danda. Like the Shankaracharyas are all Hamsa sannyasis. They carry a stick which, which has a little orange cloth tied to the, the pole at the top. And what they do is they ceremonially relegate their ego to the stick. <laughs> and so, of course, as long as you are alive, the ego is there. But you, 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 you have given it to the stick, so you are free of the ego. But the stick has to go with them everywhere. Yeah. Very sticky situation, you know. Yeah. So those are called hamsa sannyasis or hamsa swamis. Then, you know, then there is another category. Under which all of us fall, which is called paramahamsa. Paramahamsa means you you throw away the stick also, because you say why should I first bother having the ego and then giving the ego to to the stick when it is easier to know that the when it is easier to falsify the ego by knowledge. So I'm going to falsify the ego by knowledge, so I don't have to go with the help of the stick and everything. So it is hamsa, paramahamsa, bahudaka. I told you. Then there is a unique sannyasa called uh, Kuti Chaka Sannyasa. Kuti Chaka means that you know the person is too sick to actually live the life of a sannyasi. Sick means have some really difficult chronic disease, cannot go to the forest. This is in those days, you know. Yeah. So, cannot go to the forest, cannot just take bath in the river, will probably just catch a cold and have arthritis or something like that. So, very, very sick. Uh, so, for them, there is a special thing made that you know in the compound of the house behind the house they can build a small little room for the sannyasi. the family members will build and they will just you know push some food under the door or give them some food not not much interaction they still do their they lead their lives but they need help because they are not able to cook they are not able to do anything and they need to be cared for so this is called kuti chaka sanyasa then there is apat sanyasa Apat Sanyasa means one knows that one's days are numbered, you know, and one asks for sannyasa, please give me sannyasa so that next life, you know, I don't have to uh, suffer like this. So therefore, the you know, they can ask anybody and even the thing says that you can even take it on your own at that time. If you can't find anybody to give you, if you know that your days are numbered, you're on one is somebody's on the deathbed, they can just, you know, Declare that henceforth I am a sannyasi. This is what it is, you know. So then then there is, you know, vividisha sannyasa, veditum So people who want this knowledge uh, can take to a life of sannyasa for the sake of study, you know. And then there is vidvat sannyasa, people who already know, they can wait till they already know and then they can, you know, take to a life of sannyasa. Once they already know, so there is many different kinds of sannyasa, and so both these meanings are appropriate. So the first ones here, well, for the first resolution of the compound vedanta Vijnana for who have those who have determined that only through vedanta there is freedom, it could mean either of these categories. The ones who want to know are the ones who know, and the second one applies to the ones who know. Yeah, so all that is covered. Vedanta Vijnana sushnitharthah sanyasa yogat through embracing a life of letting go letting go of what letting that has to be very clear letting go of roles in society letting go of obligations letting go of connections in the form of roles No more son, no more daughter, not in the same way. No more mother, no more father, no more spouse, no more grandmother, grandfather, no more friend, no more employer, employee. All those roles are given up for the pursuit of this knowledge or the, for the pursuit of nishtha, for the ones who already have this knowledge to gain more of a deeper abiding into this knowledge. Nitaram sthitihi is equal to nishtha. So, the ones who want to gain a deeper embodiment of this knowledge, more, you know, further g- growing clarity, more, you know, abiding the knowledge deeply, this is called sannyasa yoga. And who takes this? Yatayaha, yaha, those of proper effort. And now you know what the proper effort is? What is the proper effort? Vedanta vijnana sunishtitartham Determining that Vedanta alone can free, this knowledge alone can free and then pursuing the knowledge not once or twice but until the understanding is deeply gained, that kind of a commitment and that kind of an effort, you know, makes one a yati, someone who has done yatna, the, the, the effort is put in the proper direction in the proper way and is blessed by the elders, the gurus and Bhagavan himself. And so such a person, Yatayaha, who are these Yatis? Shuddha Sattva Ah. Shuddha Sattva aha. Shuddha Sattva means ones whose minds are free from Raga and Vesha. And there is a very nice thing given for Shuddha Sattva. I want to share that with you. Very beautiful in the in the commentary. Shuddham ragadveshadi kashaya rahitam. They're free of the burden of the unconscious. Sattvam antahkaranam yesham te shuddha sattvaha. You know, this is what is called shuddha sattvaha. The ones that are free of ragadvesha. And then here also it says something here. Adi Shankara also says something here about that. Um, shuddham sattvam yesham te. Shuddha Sattvaha, Sanyasa Yogat, Te Shuddha Sattvaha. He connects the two. He, here, you know, Sanyasa yoga means because of taking to a life of Sanyasa, you know, they are so Shuddha Sattva, he says that. He connects the two. Because they have taken up this life, they are free of the Ragadveshas. Because there is nothing that frees from the Ragadvesha sooner. Because You know, if one is ready for Sanyasa, then the Ragadveshas are already gone. And so, whatever little remains, that also goes away. That is the idea. So, then what happens to them? Yeah. Te brahma lokeshu parantakale paramritaha parimuchyanti. Te parimuchyanti sarve. Te sarve. All these people. Parimuchyanti paritaha muchyanti. So, paritaha means all around without any residue muchyanti are freed. From much to be free, fourth conjugation. So they are freed. So how are they? When are they freed? Parantakale. First we'll take antakala. Antakala means what? The end. The time of the end. The time of the end of what? This body, the time of the end of this body is called Antakala. So normally what happens for people at Antakala? People don't die, body dies. And what happens to the people, the Jeevas? Hmm? First they go wherever they are uh, supposed to go according to the Karma. Yatha Karma? they travel. So, yesterday somebody was asking the question, what is sukshma sharira? So, obviously the body doesn't travel, correct? Because the body is either interred or put on the flames, body doesn't travel anywhere. The body has become very heavy and sick, so they leave the body and they take on a new body. So, this is sukshma sharira, that which travels is sukshma sharira. And what is, does that contain? Bhagaadi pancha, shramanaadi pancha, pranaadi pancha, So, five organs of action, five sense organs, five subtle elements from which these have come, and then the manaha and buddhi, manaha buddhi ahankara. Chittam, all this goes. So these 19 things go. Travelling. And what is inside the manaha? What is inside the mind? What is inside the mind? No, not manaha. What is in the mind? Huh? So for someone who doesn't have this knowledge, what is the mind full of? What is the mind full of? Raga and Dvesha. That is what goes. That is why even when a small child is born, you know what happens? So the mind is full of vasanas, means unfulfilled desires. And the desires travel. That's why when you see a small baby, it will have such a personality. It's hardly three months old. It will start saying, I don't like this, I want that, I don't want this. Where did it come from? How did it learn? It was carrying it for many lifetimes. So same thing to do with talent. Mozart composed his first song when he was 14 months old, they say. He saw somebody at the piano, he just went and played it perfectly and composed his first song couldn't even talk. Where did this come from? Poor were vasanas. Vasanas can be both good and bad. They can be your talents, they can be so many things. They can also be memories, things you have not been able to let go and primarily it is raga and dvesha. So they carry the raga and dvesha all over and then what happens? They travel from one loka to another loka according to their papa and punya and then they are reborn 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 next time next time next time next time one time dog another time cat then human being the human being who behaved like a dog so next time back to dog you know this continues this is called antakala because there is no resolution to this The more the vasanas, the more the karma, the the, the rebirth continues. And so somebody said you have to do vasana kshaya. You have to get rid of all the vasanas. How are you going to get rid of all the vasanas? That will become another vasana. Vasana means desire. I have to get rid of all desires. I have to get rid of all... That's another desire now. (laughs) Then you have to get rid of that desire which wants to get rid of all desires then you want to get rid of that desire which wants to get rid of all desires which want to get rid of that desire then it becomes a regression. So here the person through knowledge you know uh, through inquiry into the nature of the desires desirer all desires are falsified and in the gain of self knowledge all karma is falsified there is no more karma. You don't have to get exhausted trying to exhaust karma. There is no more karma because you have woken up from that feeling that I am a karta. You have woken up from the samsaric nightmare that I am a doer and all these things are accruing into my account. You have woken up from that. When the doer is falsified, what about what is done? That is falsified also. So, what happens when a sannyasi dies or a yati dies, that is called parantakala and there what happens, natasya pranaha utkramanti, the prana does not rise again. So, usually we talk of three bodies, the gross body, the subtle body and then the karana sharira, the causal body. The gross body is a product of the gross five elements. The subtle body is a product of 5 subtle elements, very good and the causal body is the product of ignorance. Causal body is nothing but ignorance. So when a regular person who is not initiated into Vedanta who does not know oneself passes away the gross body goes back to the 5 elements because you put it under the ground or you cremate it, either way it goes back to the 5 elements. The subtle body doesn't go back to the subtle five elements, it travels and then it has the pressure to find another gross body. Yeah, to, and depending on the force of the desires, it finds a body appropriate, uh, an appropriate vehicle for the expression of that desire. That's why Bhagavan says, Antakale pi maam smritva smaran muktva kale varam. You know, the one who leaves the body thinking of me will gain me because whatever is the strongest desire you gain. And you can't say, oh, last minute. So, I'll think of Bhagavan at the last minute. When do you know what is the last minute? You know? And this is why they keep, uh, you know, very auspicious names for the children so that when you call out the children, you can actually call out Bhagavan. And many people keep, keep the name Narayana. So, you can say Narayana. You know, the person can say Narayana. When? At the death, deathbed and then go to go to Vaikuntha. That's the feeling. Vaikuntha is Vishnu's heaven. That's the prevalent belief. Only problem is Narayana had a pet name, Nanu. So, <laughs> I don't know if they call Nanu, whether Bhagawan will answer or not. But anyhow, that's the idea. So, everybody wants to not come back. And so, whatever is the... It's not that once taking Bhagawan's name is going to free. You have to take it all the time. And that has to be the strongest desire. So if Vedanta is the strongest desire, the next life has to be a human life because only in a human life you have to study Vedanta, no other life. And it has to be a comfortable life where all the difficulties in the study are removed so that you can come and sit. The mind doesn't pose difficulties, the body doesn't pose difficulties, that kind of a life it's going to be. And so, therefore, so Parantakala, this is Antakala. So Parantakala means that which has a, uh, uh, that kind of a Kala, the, where the demise of the body of the sannyasi, body of the sannyasi goes to the five elements. The subtle body, which is, doesn't have that, that bite of the desires, also resolves into the five subtle elements. And what about the causal body? There is no causal body called ignorance. The causal body not being there, what is going to come back? Nothing is going to come back. There is no coming back. Parimuchyanti sarve. More we'll see at the weekend, Kaivalya and Bhagavad Gita, marathon tomorrow and day after. Om um, Purnamidam Purnasya Purnamadaya Purname Vavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Harihi Om Shri Gurubhyo Namaha Harihi Om